Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so excited that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. I don't really know what to say as far as an update about life here in Aurora, Nebraska, except that it is hot outside, as I know it is around the entire country, and I'm kind of wondering if this extreme weather influenced my mood as I was reading this article, because it is definitely one that got me fired up, and I'm excited to go over it with you today. But before we do that, I wanted to give you a brief update on life here at OT Potential. We are excited because this week we released a blog post with an interview with a pediatric occupational therapist. Uh, We get pretty regular questions about getting into pediatrics and what life is like as a pediatric occupational therapist. So I'm really excited about this updated interview with Katie Kasparo. Uh, If you've been following this podcast for a while, we did have Katie on our show a couple episodes ago to help us walk through a pediatric research article that we were looking at. So I'm really thankful to her for sharing about her work. And if you are at all interested in learning about pediatrics, I encourage you to go check out the post. Also, during the month of July, we have a special promotion going with MedBridge Education. If you are not familiar with MedBridge, it is an online platform where you pay a single price and then you have access to unlimited CEU videos to watch. They also have live webinars that for many people would actually count as your live CEU credits. Uh, That's something that you have to check in with your state. But for many of us, it is an all-in-one solution for getting your CEUs. And I've been a partner with them for many years because I definitely believe that they have the best CEUs out there. You can definitely tell just by the quality of the platform that it is a provider that really stands out. And this month during July, they have been really generous to do a drawing with us where one person who signs up for the OT Potential Club during the month of July will receive a free membership to MedBridge. And that is valued at $200. So if you have been thinking about signing up for the OT Potential Club, July is a great time to do it because you'll also be entered into this drawing. And if you're not familiar with the OT Potential Club, I will talk about that again at the end of this episode. And finally, before we head into the article, I also wanted to mention that MedBridge did give a new promo code to us for this podcast. The promo code is OTPODCAST. And when you enter that in to purchase a MedBridge subscription, you will get the lowest price available to individual subscribers for MedBridge. And that is $200 if you get the education plan. So if for some reason you're like, I need that MedBridge subscription now, I don't want to wait for the drawing in the OT Potential Club, that promo code is an option for you. So let's dive into this week's article. Our article for the week is called A Perioperative Cost Analysis Comparing Single Level Minimally Invasive and Open Transforaminal Lumbar Interbody Fusion. 
Now, please don't shut off the podcast after hearing that title. When I first read that title, I thought that this was going to be a very specific article and only applicable to a small fraction of occupational therapists who maybe work with lumbar fusion. But really, this is an article that pertains to every single one of us that is practicing today. Because for the first time in this podcast, we are looking at a journal article that deals directly with the cost of healthcare. And as you'll see soon, the article raises some dilemmas that to me are basically the biggest challenges for anyone working in healthcare today. So I'm really excited to walk through this article with you. The journal article comes from the journal called Spine. It has an impact factor of 2.9, and that makes it pretty comparable to the American Journal of Occupational Therapy. Uh, Any journal that has that impact factor from 2 to 3 to 4 is definitely really similar to AJOT. This article was published in 2015 and it is ranked 20th on our list of the 50 most influential OT related articles. So this is the 20th article that we have reviewed uh, and I did want to mention that this is one that you actually have to pay for to read. Out of the 20 articles that we've looked at, I think three of them have been ones that you have to pay for. But more so than the other articles that required payment, I really think that you can get a good sense of what's going on here and how it affects occupational therapy just from reading the abstract. So I encourage you, if you're interested in looking more into this, to uh, just go ahead and read the publicly available abstract for it. So like I said, this is a really fascinating article because to me, it's a great summary of some of the most basic challenges that we are facing in healthcare right now. The first challenge that this article for me highlighted was this, how can we control costs and provide great care when currently our payment systems for the most part reward giving more care over quality care? And we'll see how that plays out in this article. And the second challenge is just how do we really even understand what's going on with costs and how do we control them when lots of times costs are not very transparent, uh, both for consumers and even for those of us who are working in the industry. So to quickly summarize what was going on in the article, it looked at the cost of minimally invasive lumbar fusion versus an open lumbar fusion. Minimally invasive lumbar fusions have been shown to have better outcomes in post-operative back pain, time to ambulation, length of hospital stay, and functional restoration. This study also showed that they cost less than the open fusions. But here's where our dilemma comes in. Since the open fusions required more surgical time and more hospital time, The hospital actually makes more profit after doing these open fusions that have the less superior outcomes. So let's look even more closely at that. The study tracked 66 patients and the hospitalization costs associated with their lumbar fusion. 33 had the minimally invasive fusion and 33 had the open fusion. And through their tracking, the patients who underwent minimally invasive lumbar fusion had less of all of the following. Average surgical time, length of stay, average anesthesia time, 
average estimated blood loss, lower pain scores on a visual analog scale at six months following the procedure. The direct hospital costs were also lower, including blood transfusions, imaging, implants, laboratory costs, pharmacy, PT, OT, SLP, room and board, and surgical services. Basically, the minimally invasive lumbar fusion was superior in every single category that they looked at, except for, like we already said, that the open fusion earned the hospital more profit. Because they were giving more of all of those hospital-related costs, they were able to skim more off the top of those and ultimately made more money. So how was occupational therapy involved in this article? This was a helpful article for kind of putting OT in the context of all the costs that are incurred by a hospital stay. But unfortunately, OT was lumped in with PT and SLP, so it really didn't give us a good sense of the exact charges uh, that were made by the occupational therapy department for these patients. In fact, the article did not even give us the average total costs of all of those rehab services. They only gave us the average cost savings of the minimally invasive fusion over the open fusion, and that was simply $35. And to put that into context, it also gave the average savings of the actual surgical services, and those amounted to closer to $3,000. So I would say the differences for these patients in cost savings really came from surgery and from room and board more so than from their rehab care. Um, It seems that rehab care was pretty consistent, whether it was that open fusion or the minimally invasive fusion. So I really want to drive home what, in my humble opinion, was missing from this journal article. This is my own summarization and not something that they stated in the article. But I was honestly really shocked that an article evaluating hospital costs did not fully disclose the costs of each aspect of the hospital visit. Um, I think that we are all familiar as consumers and as providers with healthcare costs not being very transparent, but I was shocked to see this carried over into research. It's really hard to do a cost analysis if you're not fully disclosing the cost of what is going on and obviously not disclosing the exact costs associated with occupational therapy, for instance, really limits what we can take from an article like this as clinicians. The article did cite another article that found that a complex spinal fusion can amount to around $80,000 per patient. So these are huge amounts of money that we are talking about. And that is frankly what got me really fired up after reading this article. So what were my takeaways for us as occupational therapy practitioners? Uh, I had two of them. The first is this, that this article really drives home why we are seeing more value-based care initiatives in hopes to solve this fee-for-service dilemma. To me, this article really drove home this basic problem that for the most part right now, hospitals and healthcare providers are rewarded for quantity over quality. If you give more services, you are going to get paid more, whether those services are helpful or not. 
So that is why we are hearing so much more about value-based care models, where hypothetically healthcare providers would be reimbursed based on the quality of service that they are providing and the value that they are providing to those patients. But even though that's where the conversation is headed and kind of the future horizon that we're looking to, the actual implementation of value-based care models has been tricky. It's not being perfectly done. And that's why in almost all of our occupational therapy settings, I think it kind of feels like we're part of a grand experiment. Everyone's trying to figure out sustainable payment models, whether you're looking at the MIPS program or the hospital readmission reduction program. Uh, There's all these different programs that we're trying to react to and fit into. And honestly, they're just all kind of experiments to figure out how to fix this core dilemma. If you're interested in reading more about value-based care, I'll definitely link to some articles that I found helpful in my written summary in the OT Potential Club. My second takeaway for occupational therapists is this. Don't be afraid to be nosy about the economics of the OT care that you are providing. Don't be afraid to ask for fee schedules and average reimbursement rates. I'm a big believer that as frontline clinicians, we should have a basic understanding of the economics of our services. But if you start a new job, you are unlikely to be presented with a fee schedule, and it's even less likely that someone's going to sit down with you and explain how reimbursement is happening in your setting. So this is something that you will probably have to go digging for and ask about. It may not be something that you ask about in your interview for that setting, but at a yearly review or if metrics for your department ever are presented, I would definitely be asking questions about that. I know I look back on my own OT career and I can remember some like yearly meetings where they were talking about uh, the metrics of our department. And I really wish I had taken advantage of those opportunities to ask more about what was going on with occupational therapy billing. And the reason I want you to know that cost information and the reason I found it helpful as a clinician was just to check with myself whether I was delivering a proportional value to the cost of my services. For example, if your eval is private pay and $100 for that eval, that gives you a nice metric to be able to check yourself and be like, was that eval worth $100? Okay, that is all that I have for you about this article, but I'm excited to discuss it with some of you in the OT Potential Club. The OT Potential Club is our online journal club that this podcast is an extension of. For $25 a year, you can join and really make all the things that we are talking about here on this podcast more actionable. With each journal article, we have a forum where we discuss the article of the week and you can ask specific questions about how this might affect your practice. I also give tips on documentation and assessments and we have some great bonuses when you join like a downloadable fieldwork manual. So I hope that some of you will consider joining us. You can sign up for the club at otpotential.com. If being a part of the club isn't your thing, that is totally fine. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you subscribe to this podcast, maybe share it with a friend. And again, thank you to everyone who joined us and give great care this week.